in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest rooms available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had, happened, what had been told to them about this child. And all that heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. Well, it's almost upon us. Just three more sleeps until it's Christmas. You can tell when Christmas is coming because all the Christmas music starts coming out all, all over the place. Uh, last night we had carols in the Domain uh, here in Sydney. Tomorrow night it's carols on in Melbourne. Uh, we also had our lessons and carol service here at church a couple of weeks ago as well. Christmas and music just seem to go together. And the Christmas music comes out when you hear it in elevators and when you hear it in shopping centres. Uh, it's amazing how many performers actually have Christmas CDs that they produce around about this time in the year. Uh, during the week I saw that Robbie Williams has got a Christmas CD out. Not someone you necessarily kind of relate with Christmas music, but he's got one out, but he's not the only one. Michael Bublé has them. Uh, Mariah Carey's got them. The Wiggles have got a whole stack of them. Christmas songs from the Wiggles. Uh, there are things like country and western carols, which is a fairly horrifying thought, but maybe not for those up Armadale way. Um, uh, there is reggae Christmas carols. And, and this is the one that I don't quite get. Salsa Christmas carols. I'm not quite sure what that would be, or perhaps it's best not to even try to imagine. There is no shortage of music around Christmas time. And on your notice sheet, you'll actually see the words of the very first Christmas song in that Bible passage that's there. Have a look, verses 13 and 14. This is the very first Christmas song. It's only a short one, but it says quite a lot. Verse 13 says, 
Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those whom his favour rests. Bunch of shepherds out in a field, and God chose them to be the audience for this very first Christmas song. More than that, these shepherds were the ones who were the very first people to see this child, other than the parents. But it's the song that I want to focus on. It's a very short one, just one sentence, a sentence that says two things and a great summary of what Christmas is about. So the first line is there, glory to God in the highest. Christmas is the time when we ought to recognise and pay respect to God for, for who he is and for what he's done. Now, the spotlight at Christmas is very clearly on Jesus, but it's also about thanking God for what it is that he's done for us. It's been a bit of a trend in recent years to make Christmas less religious. Um, People don't want to offend other people with the message about Jesus, and even the name Christmas sometimes seems a little bit religious for some people and it gets dropped out and we talk about the festive season instead. I mean, even the name Christmas has got Christ in there, hasn't it? So people want to try and avoid that in, in an attempt to be sensitive. But sometimes it gets a little bit strange. Uh, there was a, a movie came out a few years ago with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughan. And when it was released in America, it was called Four Christmases. Uh, this couple were visiting four different family events at Christmas time, so it was called Four Christmases. But when it got released in Australia, it was released as Four Holidays um, because of not wanting to offend people by using the word Christmas. But seriously, if we we're going to be sensitive about Christmas, then we wouldn't let Vince Vaughan make Christmas movies, would we? Or Tim Allen, for that matter. I mean, you'd get those things banned straight away. But another area where we see it is with Christmas carols. It's not just churches that run Christmas carols anymore. Rotary run them, the Scouts run them, and I want to say, that's great. I think it's fantastic that they're doing that. But again, sometimes it ends up just a little bit weird. Uh, There's a big community carols thing that they run in Albert Park in Melbourne every year, Um, but the local Anglican minister was told that he was no longer needed on the organising committee. And the explanation that was given to him in the letter that was sent to him said that it was because they wanted to make the carols more secular. Not sure how you make the celebration of the birth of Jesus more secular. I'm not sure how you can actually do that. I mean, at the very heart of Christmas is thanking God, acknowledging God. That's got to be right there in the middle of it, you would have thought. When uh, Paul Keating was the Prime Minister of this fine country in which we live, uh, he visited an aged care facility one time and there are a number of people there with dementia and Alzheimer's and he was wandering around looking for the photo opportunities and shaking hands with staff and, and residents who lived there. And he saw an old lady sitting in a wheelchair by herself and he went over and crouched down beside her and said, do you know who I am? And she said, no, I don't, darling, but if you go over to the counter there, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to tell you. I, lo- I love that story, just because just it's Paul Keating. Now, failing to recognise Paul Keating as the Prime Minister, that's embarrassing and just a little bit funny, but 
failing to acknowledge God at Christmas, well, I want to say that's just crazy. Like the angel said, this is a time when we should glorify God, where we should recognise the great thing that God has done for us and thank God for what he's done for us. I mean, there's a bit of an irony about wanting to make Christmas more secular because it's done in an attempt to be tolerant and sensitive to other people. But the irony is this, surely Jesus, above all, exemplified and taught tolerance. I mean, this is the guy who said that you should love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This is the guy who said that we should forgive others, that we should turn the other cheek. Jesus is the one who gave us the golden rule to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Jesus is the one who showed love and acceptance to all the marginalised and outcast people in his society. I mean, Jesus is the model of tolerance. But let's get back to the song. There's a second line. It starts with glory to God in the highest. And then it says, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. The primary reason for thanking God at Christmas time is because God sent his son to bring peace. I think that idea of peace really resonates with us. We like that idea. It grabs people's attention at Christmas time. We love the idea that there could maybe one day be peace right across the whole world. I mean, let's face it, we live in a world that's plagued by war. You only need to turn your television on to see that. I read an article on the New York Times website about war and they said that in the last 3,400 years of this planet, there have only been 268 years where there was no war. That means that for every day when there was no war or for every year that there was no war, there were 12 years where there was war. 108 million people were killed in war during the 21st century, or during the 20th century, sorry. And they estimate that the death toll for all wars prior to the 20th century would be somewhere around about 1 billion people. It's a terrifying thought, isn't it? I mean, there's no arguing. We, we need peace. We need it desperately. But did you see what the angel said? The angel didn't say that this is peace for everyone. This is peace for some. Have a look at what it says again. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. The peace, the God's peace is for those on whom God's favour rests. Well, what does that mean? Who are those on whom God's favour rests? Let me show you two Bible verses that I think explain that peace. First one comes from the book of Isaiah, even before Jesus was born, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah spoke about what it was that he would do and it kind of sums up quite brilliantly what Jesus would do. This is what the verse says. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Second verse comes from the Apostle Paul writing after Jesus, his life and his ministry. And the Apostle Paul says this, 
For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus brings peace through his death on the cross. He brings peace by dying and rising again from the dead. So who are those on whom God's favour rests? Well, it's those that have accepted the peace that comes through Jesus, who've accepted the peace that comes through his death and resurrection. It's those who acknowledge that they're not at peace with God and realise that they need to be at peace with God and they've accepted the offer of peace that God makes through Jesus. I guess for a lot of people that idea of not being at peace with God might come as a bit of a surprise but the fact is if you ignore God, if you live a life of indifference towards God, if you fail to acknowledge God, if you fail to engage with God, well that's serious. We're talking about the God and creator of this world, the God who should be glorified. To live in his world and to not recognise that he's God, well You've got to say you can't expect to get away with that forever. And given that we're the ones that have wronged God, you'd think that we would be the ones who ought to be trying to set things right. But that's the amazing thing about Christmas. God is the one who's taken the the initiative to set things right. That's the whole message of Christmas. That God takes that first step. That God sends his son into the world that we might glorify God at Christmas and that we might celebrate the peace that Jesus came to bring. God has taken the initiative to establish that peace treaty. That's the first Christmas song. Thanking God for taking the initiative. Thanking God for making peace possible. I hope that your Christmas can be one where You do get to glorify God for what it is that he's done. But above all, that it will be a Christmas where you can enjoy the peace with God that comes through Jesus.